0: Hey there, this is Noah Heron, and you are listening to another episode of the All Our Ways podcast. This is where different generations, different perspectives come together for the same Jesus. And uh, I am so excited that you have joined us today. I'm so excited that you're going to be listening to uh, what I believe is an incredible conversation. Before I introduce our special guest, Let's uh, thank our sponsors, the Jesus Loves You um, company has sponsored the first season of the All Our Ways podcast. You need to go check these guys out. You can find them on Instagram at Jesus Loves You Co. They are spreading the good news of Jesus and uh, in a really, really cool way through um, clothing and through their message. Uh, they're, they're spreading it all over the world, and their clothes are really, really cool, too. You get a discount if you use our code at checkout, All Our Ways, so uh, go check them out. Use the code and rep the good news of Jesus on a t-shirt or a hoodie or something. Um, That would mean the world to me. Okay, so today we have the honor and pleasure here at All Our Ways to have a conversation with some incredible leaders uh, stationed in different parts of the world with the nonprofit called Love Justice International. And uh, in short, Love Justice International does a ton of really incredible things, but their main areas of impact that what they do are um, they stop human trafficking, they put traffickers in jail and they care for the most vulnerable. They've been doing some really really cool work. I got uh, connected with them through a mutual friend who is heavily involved. In their work, and through that, mutual friends um, got introduced to our guests today. Uh, one of which is stationed in Indiana, the other in South Africa. And um, we're gonna have a conversation about what it looks like, what they do, what they stand for, and what they're doing um, to end sex trafficking and to value human life all over the world. This is a little bit of a different conversation, but when you talk about following Jesus, a necessary conversation is sticking up for justice and for valuing human life. And um, I really think that this conversation is super insightful. It's super uh, encouraging and it's something that we should celebrate. And so um, lean in with me. I think that you're going to be blessed by this conversation. Without further ado, my conversation with Love Justice International. Andrew, Ryan, welcome to the All Our Ways podcast. Thanks for joining us, guys.
1: My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yeah,
2: thanks, Noah. Thanks for
0: having us here. So you guys are a part of Love Justice International. Um, For those listening who maybe have never heard of Love Justice, could you guys give us um, a description of what you guys are about, what you do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do that. Always love kind of telling new people about what we do because we're a small organization. Um, so we, uh, our mission statement is very simply sharing the love of Jesus Christ by fighting the world's greatest injustices. And our DNA, kind of the core of how we started in 2004, mm. is as a, a ministry to street children in Kathmandu. So at the time, the, the, the greatest injustice that we knew about was uh, orphaned and abandoned children left um, uncared for. So mm. the start of the ministry was a family home to care for children in a in a family style home. And it was in that work. Um, and we still do that. We have 18 family homes and care for over 200 children now um, in South Asia and Nepal and wow. Bangladesh primarily. Um, but it was through that work that we became aware of another great injustice and what we call the greatest injustice of our generation and that's human trafficking Mm. Um, and that since that time has become uh, a major part of the work that we do as, as an organization now
0: wow so for uh those who are listening i just want to give a little background to our guests we've got andrew and we've got ryan um ryan you are in south africa correct
2: Yes, that's correct. Yeah.
0: Okay, and you oversee operations in South Africa. What all do does your job encompass, Ryan?
2: Well, I'm the the VP for anti trafficking throughout Africa. Okay. Uh, and currently, we got we run operations in eleven countries across wow. Africa. So that's all the way from Southern Africa up through Zimbabwe, Malawi, East Africa. You know, including Tanzania, Kenya, Uganda, and then all the way across West. Sierra Leone, Benin, Ghana. Mm. Um, so we're operating in those countries, actively monitoring in transit areas and border posts uh, and profiling and questioning potential victims of trafficking
0: in those areas. Wow. Okay. And then, Andrew, you are in Indiana. Did I remember that? That's
1: right. Yes. Indiana. Yeah.
0: And so what is what is your uh, role look like?
1: The director of strategic partnerships is my title. And so we're looking for ways to collaborate with uh, foundations, corporations, uh, artists, Um, so it's Mm -hmm. kind of both expansionary, how can we replicate our model in more places, but also in fundraising and marketing, how can we get our story out to more people.
0: Incredible. So just a little background. Um, for those listening, uh, I came in contact with an incredible, incredible woman a couple years ago. Her name is Libby. And Miss um, Libby Swinson uh, just made such an impact on my life during a uh, young leaders retreat I was on. And on that retreat, her and her husband opened up their home for me and a few other leaders um, to to enjoy their incredible home and just get to know each other and through that process she opened up and shared about her involvement with love justice which has since connected the three of us and just hearing the way that she speaks about what you guys are a part of and what you guys do um, really inspired this conversation to, to happen and so i'm so thankful that you guys are here i would love to know what it was that, um, that got you guys into uh, what Love Justice is a part of. What's kind of your why for being a part of this organization?
1: Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so the, the organization was actually started by three classmates of mine uh, from Taylor University. We all graduated together. Um, I didn't know them well at school, but I had heard that they, they went to Nepal for an adventure and uh their hearts were captured by the brokenness um, but also by god's kind of vision for what could happen there and this organization was the result several years into it that uh the chairman of the board who was my sophomore year roommate was interviewed by our alumni magazine and i was so impressed so there's a couple aspects to it one is just the obvious good of the mission right to end human trafficking not just that um, but the the strategic motivation of mm. preventing the exploitation by intervening in the moment that someone's being transported, but before they're sold, so mm. that strategic point of interception in their life is so powerful in my mind. I just captured my imagination. So I started out as a volunteer for a number of years, and. The more that I became aware of how the organization worked, the way the model was implemented and the people that had been kind of assembled to do this work, the more I was impressed with just the rigor of the execution. Um, hmm. The diligence of the work um, on top of the obvious um, missional component of it. So I was, yeah, my imagination was drawn in. I've been drawn in more and more ever since.
0: So when you talk about that point, that point of, of intersection, what, is that, what does that look like um, for, for these people that we're talking about? Is this, what are some of the signs that say that they're on the verge of being trafficked? I'm
1: gonna let I'm so, uh, Ryan handle that one, yeah.
0: <laughs> cool, so uh,
2: no, we've, we've spent actually sort of uh, almost 14 years developing questioning protocol uh, that I think that we, you know, I think we'll always be developing it as things change. But I think we're at a point now where we've been able to really hone it down to a place where anyone who's pretty much can read and write and is trained
0: mm.
2: can stand in a transit area, uh, use just simple observation tools to to profile people in a simple manner and ask them some basic questions, which start to reveal what we call red flags and red flags are essentially some uh, little points of information which suggest that this person potentially could be trafficked. Mm. Um, as they dig a bit deeper and a bit deeper into the into the conversation, into the questioning, we can, with a, a relatively high degree of confidence, uh, determine whether someone is being trafficked. Uh, and it's in that moment that our monitors can others intervene, they can intercept that person to say, listen, we suggest that we through what you've answered, we think that you're in potential danger. Let's divert you. Let's get you home. Let's give you some other opportunities somewhere mm-hmm. else. Uh, if that doesn't work, if if there happens to be a handler there, we work very closely with um, police and, and government authorities to help with that process. Um, wow. So that's kind of what it looks like there. So, um, and um, yeah.
0: So um, you guys, guys are not just in the business, uh, of, of trying to rescue, um, people who are being human trafficked, but you're actually actively trying to take measures so that people who might be at risk of being trafficked will not.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, the beauty of the model is essentially that we're getting to people prior to the exploitation. Mm -hmm. You see, when you look at, uh, interventions for trafficking, uh, you get some of preventative and that would, a lot of that's as awareness and that's great but it's not tangible um, and we can go to a school and we can tell everyone about trafficking but we don't really know if that information has sunk in and had an effect all the way to the other side which is rescue and rescue is amazing and it has to happen and there's a there's organizations who are dedicated dedicating their lives to for rescue but the problem is that when you rescue someone you need first of all really highly skilled people you need the helicopters and the guns and the investigators yeah. you know and then even then once you take them out now they've got a lifetime of recovery you know restoration homes and counseling and if hopefully one day they'd be okay but maybe not but if we can get to them beforehand and that's what we're doing we're preventing them from being exploited that's the beauty of the model uh, mm. and that's you know we can get them home we um, give them other opportunities potentially uh, and they wouldn't necessarily have to go through that torture and pain
0: wow it's incredible um... Ryan, when you talk, you have the coolest accent. I have to, just as you were saying that, I was like, man, you could literally say anything and it would sound (laughs) 10 times cooler than me saying it. Um, But hearing that is incredible. I I feel like that is um, such a uh, such a cool take on it. And, and there's no telling how many lives are being literally saved, um, by, by those measures. Would you guys, uh, be willing to share maybe a story or two of, uh, things that you've seen happen through what you guys are doing, something that might, um, have made an impact on you personally, uh, during your time at love justice.
2: Yeah. Let me, let me go first. Well, See one of the, just to back up just this little bit. No, we actually, when you say no telling how many lives, we act, because of the model and because it's tangible, we actually do know how many lives. So wow. we've intercepted over twenty-one thousand people. Um, and what's amazing about that as well is we can take that information, we get that data, we gather it, we we built our own software system, and we can put this data in there, uh, and we use that to effect arrests. We give that data to mm-hmm. um, government organizations. Um, because the, the the thing about it is that if you intercept someone or even rescue someone and you don't get an arrest, you don't remove the bad guys, mm. um, what's going to happen is that that just leaves a hole for someone else. Yeah. Um, and so the arrests are critical and we've had over 850 arrests um, wow. with a conviction uh, percentage of around 54% on closed cases. Uh, and so that's, so when you talk about numbers, we have a tangible, we have a tangible result that we can look at. Uh, and, sorry, yeah, yeah, carry on, Andrew.
1: Yeah, no, I, I would, I would just say let's let's take a moment for your listeners to really let that concept sink in too, because mm. we're talking about the briefest of moments in a person's life, where they're on a path toward unspeakable torture. Um, mm. The 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 stories of people who have been rescued. Um, the, the, the reality of being sold in 15 minute increments, often mm-hmm. uh, up to 40 times in a day, wow. um, repeatedly abused, the, the dehumanization of that experience. That's the future for many of these people. Um, we believe all of these people, right? That's why mm-hmm. we call them intercepts. And so that moment where our staff are in a strategic place to intervene in that most important moment of these people's lives, um every human being has mistakes in their past right things they wish some some trauma they wish had not happened and if someone had been able to to intervene and and turn you down a different path um, that's the power of this model that that i think we need to let sink in the difference between freedom and slavery in that moment
0: Absolutely. I, it's, it, I think living in America, I mean, we know that human trafficking takes place in America, but I, I really don't know if we truly understand what that, what that looks like. You know, uh, when you say human, human trafficked, uh, I think a lot of us probably think of the movie Taken, right? Liam mm-hmm. Neeson. Uh, hunting down the bad guys, but it, it really looks a lot different for a lot of these these uh, these people that you 're talking about you know um, f- up to forty times in a day uh, that really that really that 's heartbreaking and to to know that you guys are twenty one thousand people being taking taken out of that path and uh and enjoying freedom and enjoying um life (laughs) that is powerful i've got to imagine that that is that gives a lot of purpose to to your actions i mean i can't imagine waking up and knowing that today i have a have opportunity to save someone from from this path yeah it's very
1: motivating um yeah, it's what drives the whole organization, and and you ask for stories, kind of our, of our own impact, and and I would point out um, one thing that I think is a great benefit of our model is empowering the local church to do this work um, mm. for their neighbors, like for their communities. So this is not work I've done. Um, I've I've traveled and visited the field, but we're empowering and training local citizens, local believers in most cases, um, to do this work in their own communities. So, um, so I'm kind of outside of it in that regard. Um, but just trying to do what we can to empower the people in the front to do the, the important work.
0: And so you guys are training and equipping and mobilizing these churches that are in these high risk areas to help be able to identify These people is that what you're is that what you're saying? That's the model.
2: Yep, Um, that's exactly what we're doing. So, uh, and that happens all over the world. Um, One of the stories I was gonna uh, I'm gonna want to tell you about is uh, also a little bit of a heartbreaking story. Um, And we we do we've we've recently set up a a new station up there, and that's in Ghana. In Ghana, there's this big lake. It's called Lake Lake Volta. Um, and uh, I went up there recently. It's a brutal 13-hour bus ride into the middle of nowhere, uh, and you get there, and there's just, there's just nothing. Uh, but on this lake, there's a lot of fish, and the fish provide food for just all the communities, not only along the lake, but all over Ghana. And because of poverty uh, um, in in Ghana, a lot of the parents will actually sell their children for around about $80. Um, wow. And those kids from the age of about five or six will be sent to work on this, on this lake with uh, someone, a slave owner on a, on a boat. And they will be there for uh, pretty much the, the, most of their childhood without going to school, uh, living in um, parasite-infested waters. Uh, and often they can't swim, they have to learn on the job. And a lot of them don't survive. And when we went up there, just being on that lake, and going out there and just seeing kids, uh, you know, sort of six, seven. I've got a, I've got a son um, who's nine. I've got a daughter who's six. Uh, and just seeing these kids just working these boats with the, the nets is just completely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the few months that we've been up there, last month, we actually in, we intercepted 11 kids. Um, and one of them was a six-year-old girl. And the others were sort of 10, 11, and 13 um but that's just for me that just empower it just gets me motivated to go and do more you know um and and to be more involved and i mean my heart beats for justice i just it just gets me going
0: What are some of the, um, the countries, where are some of the countries that uh, are experiencing human trafficking on a, on a much larger scale than others? Um, you mentioned Africa, is that one of the main countries that you guys are, are in? I know you said that you're in 11 countries in Africa, um, but is that one of the main areas or are there other places as well that are kind of hotbeds?
2: Well, your two main continents where most of the trafficking occurs would be Africa and Asia. Um, So in Asia, and that's simply a a, a numbers game. It's just so many people in Asia, especially in India, Nepal, Bangladesh. uh, We've got, we've got uh, operations in those countries Uh, and there, you're going to see a lot of uh, sex and labor trafficking Uh, in, in Africa, a lot of labor trafficking, sex trafficking, child trafficking to cocoa plantations and uh, coffee plantations, uh, child sacrifice. Um, and then in both continents, you're going to get um, child marriages. So, that, yeah, that's that's the majority of where your, your, your trafficking occurs. Of course, it occurs in the Americas, and of course, it occurs uh, elsewhere. Um, but that's, that's the, the, most of the numbers are made up within those two continents.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome, man. Uh, Andrew, what are what are uh, do you have a story that you could share with us? Something that um, has had an impact on your time, uh, particular in Love Justice?
1: Yeah, when the first time I uh, visited Nepal with the organization. So the, we started in Nepal. We talked about the questioning mm-hmm. protocol um, for the first ten or twelve years. Um, all of our work was in Nepal and a little bit in Bangladesh. And So this expansion into Africa that that Ryan's been so successful in doing is um, just proof of the scalability of this model. For the first time I traveled to Nepal, I visited the border and met with some of the staff. And uh, we have this model where um, we have paid staff who are trained in um, doing the monitoring work and, and collecting the data and following up and all of that, the tangible stuff. But for each one, we have a subcommittee that's volunteer that provides oversight. So it's kind of a way to cut down on corruption, uh, to make sure there's accountability and that subcommittee, uh, is almost always connected to a local church. And so in one, in one case, um, met with a pastor who was the chairman of the subcommittee overseeing a border, uh, station that we had and hearing his, uh, talking about the effectiveness of their investigation. So the data we can collect is really useful in in filing timely cases against the trafficker and helping us know how they're recruiting, how they're transporting some of their tactics, which is lost in the other prevention strategies that are out there. And so he was was talking about how effective they had been at at sending traffickers to jail. And he had such a heart for justice and such a love for people that um, he started a prison ministry to minister wow. to the traffickers that he sent them, right? So he had this understanding, like, these people need to be in jail, but they also need Jesus. Wow. Is that really... And then uh, we, we traveled up the road to another station that we had nearby, and the chairman of that subcommittee was a businessman in the region. He had owned a hotel. Um, it's a small motel that we, that we stayed in and uh, had invested a lot in caring for the staff that he had helped hire, even though he was unpaid. Mm-hmm as a volunteer, but just had such passion. And walking with him on the way to the border, he, he saw something I didn't see. And he, he started running after this, this mini bus that had passed the other direction and he pounded on the window and about five minute exchange. And then he came back and said that there were uh, a number of young girls traveling in that mini bus with two older men. And that's one of the red flags. That's one of the things we train people to look for. These These things that are kind of culturally um, contextual. And uh, he he believed their story and kind of confirmed that they were safe and related. But, but he had this eye for intervening, mm-hmm. um, knowing that injustice was all around him, and he had to do something about it. And then he wow. introduced us to the staff. And um, when we walked up, they were at this ramshackle station, which is just kind of a shed that they work mm-hmm. out of And they were in the process of interviewing a victim who was being trafficked and um, had the police involved with the trafficker right there. So it was just this tangible um, glimpse of the work in action and just the the hearts of the people who are on the front lines doing this work. just made a real impression on me.
0: You said something. You said knowing injustice is all around and knowing that you had to be a part of stopping it and doing something about it and i think um you know every year i'm on social media and every year i see uh the same time every year people posting the photos with the red x's and it makes it makes us uh very aware of just the absurd amount of people who are being human trafficked i mean you would think in the year 2020 that we would have this eliminated but it seems like it's just it's everywhere i mean there are so many people who are being um put into sex slavery to human trafficking to uh all the way down to the kids who are i i didn't even know about that until um just a minute ago when ryan shared that story of the kids who are being sold by their own parents i mean it, it is it's insane but i i think um it's really easy in america to to know about it and to know that we have people who are doing the work like you guys, who are on the front lines, but then we kind of just forget that it's going on until the next year when we see the red X's and the next year when it's really put all over social media. Um, what What are things that we can do hearing this, listening to this, knowing about the injustice, feeling moved to be a part of it. What are things that we can do here in America? What are ways that we can help out specifically with what you guys are doing at Love Justice?
1: Do you want to hear that from a cool accent or mine?
0: I want to hear both accents.
1: Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, so two, two things come to mind. Um, one is... Incredibly practical and tangible, and that's support the work that we do, right? Or an mm-hmm. organization like ours. Um, we're fiercely committed to this problem as an organization, And um, but it's not the only injustice in the world. Mm-hmm. But if your heart is moved, one way is just to support our work. Um, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's very cost effective to do the interception work as opposed to the uh, recovery and rescue work that a lot of organizations do, both of which are incredibly important but um, the impact that we can have with relatively limited funds um, is impressive, I think. So support us, raise money, um, help us spread the word on your own social media. There's lots of tangible things you can do. Go to projectbeautiful.org to get involved or lovejustice.ngo. But the the second, I would say, broader message is to understand that injustice is everywhere. Um, and that we're all as followers of Jesus um, assuming that we are and even if you're not you're still called whether you know it or not to fight yeah. injustice right and so we have to have this broader perspective and uh, and really of uh, God's vision for his purposes on the earth right we have an understanding of what he intended through scripture we have the garden of Eden the new Jerusalem, right? Yeah. That's that's what we're intended for. And our work now is just to push our environments toward that, right? To the mm-hmm. shalom, this all encompassing peace that God desires for the whole world. Um, it's not reality now. And that's what we're fighting for. And we all can do that. Everyone has a mandate to do that in some way.
0: So good, man. Absolutely.
1: Mm.
2: And uh, yeah, I know, I, you know what I love just about our story? about what we're doing uh, is that no matter what your skills are from the eccentric creative that we have, you know, doing uh, amazing marketing stuff for us all the way to the data scientist who's sitting in a, you know, a dark room, just working on a monochrome screen, you know, everywhere in between is just people who are using their skills um, to fight an injustice. You know, very few of us, we do have a couple, but very few of us have a gun and a badge. Like it's just not, that's, that's not who we have to be to fight an injustice. We're just using what God's given us uh, um, and then applying that and using our minds to fight this. And And I think that's possible in nearly every arena. I think is a solution for nearly everything. Uh, and if we just, as a church and as a people, come together and apply our skills, and knowledge, and resources, we can fight these injustices and make a massive difference.
0: Mm, man, so good. You don't need a gun and a badge. You don't have to be Liam Neeson to be a part <laughs> of the solution. Um, where, uh, what's the best place for people listening to, um, to support Love Justice? Is it the website? Is it uh, to find you guys on social media? I'm going to link the website as well as social media handles in the show notes for those of you are, who are listening and would love to um, take the, the next steps and support what Love Justice is doing. But where, uh, where should they go?
1: Yeah, love lovejustice.ngo is our is our main page. You'll learn about all about our work, um, see the numbers and and kind of the heart behind the work. Um, we have a recurring monthly donor program um, that we encourage people to look check out called Project Beautiful. Um, we have it has a website, ProjectBeautiful.org. But that that um, monthly donations of any amount really help fuel the work. Uh, that we, so we can sustain it and keep and continue to grow it um, so those are both really helpful and practical and then and then at Love Justice Intl, kind of our handles on most of the social media platforms yeah and
0: you know no you know, you know,
2: you know what's cool yeah. it's cool about project beautiful is you once you start giving you get access to this really cool app and um, it essentially gives you real-time updates of of and not they're not real time, but almost real time updates of intercepts as they occur, uh, and you um, can see the tangible effect that uh, your donations are making so it's it just really wow. adds a real tangible aspect to the whole the whole interception thing
0: i I do want to encourage you guys listening um to be a part of that if this is something that you feel like God's calling you to help out in some way uh the updates. That Ryan just mentioned, I've been getting them emailed to me for the past three weeks or so. And I think I just got one yesterday actually um, that was forwarded to me from Libby. And uh, man, it is just, uh, it is so cool what you guys are a part of. I, I wish I, there's a better word than cool. Um, it's, it's life-changing. It's amazing. Um, it's inspirational. It's the gospel. And uh, that's, that's why we're having this conversation. The whole point of this podcast, um, all our ways, is to look at different generations and different perspectives, all the angles of our life, um, and figure out how we can submit them to Jesus, and uh, a huge part of submitting your life to Jesus is fighting for injustice. It's fighting for um, people who don't have a voice, for people who are oppressed or overlooked. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that's the core of what you guys are doing every single day. And man, it's it's just an honor to um, be talking with you guys. It's an honor to be allowed to be a part of the conversation. And uh, I'm so thankful for everything you guys are doing. Any closing remarks before we let people go?
1: Yeah, just, just one thought that I wanted to share. So you mentioned the red X and we have this annual reminder that this problem is in the world. And for most of us, most of your listeners, it's going to be a problem that's kind of in a far flung place that it's hard to understand. Um, and especially when you hear stories about someone selling their daughter in order to fund their life or feed their other children. I think it's really important to understand that those people are you and me, right? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think from our position of relative wealth and safety and security and support and the things that most of us have, that we can see that as a really backward problem that we can't mm-hmm. understand. But those are human beings reacting to um, devastation and, yeah. and, and poverty that we can't understand. Yeah. And this COVID shutdown, the economy shutting down uh, in, in all these places that we're talking about is going to exacerbate the problem. We, we really anticipate that trafficking is going to increase because most of the people who are trafficked that we that we work with are deceptively accepting, accepting a job that's too good to be true. Traffickers mm-hmm. promise something that they have no intention of delivering. And these are just people pursuing hope for their yeah. futures. And, um, they're they're doing exactly what we would do in the same situation, um, mm-hmm. and we can't imagine any of the place. I can't imagine any of the place where I would sell one of my children. But uh, it's also not a cultural problem or um, a foreign problem. It's a human problem, and we yeah. we need to be in solidarity with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, Ryan, anything before we go?
2: Yeah, no. I just want to thank you for letting us tell our story. Um, I just hope that it's you know it inspires people uh, to get going and to use their skills to fight injustice, whatever that may be, whatever's on their heart. Of course, we'd love supportive, love justice. I think that would be amazing. Um, but I think if people if people just hear this and are inspired just to go and do something, I think that's amazing. And it's got and justice is on God's heart. You know, it's mm. deep in his heart, um, and he. He loves to see his um, captors set free and people fed and it's just, it's really cool. So thank you for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. So uh, guys listening, just uh, go, go check them out, go check them out on social media, go check out the website and um, look for ways that you can be involved. Even if it doesn't look like going to one of these countries, there are a lot of ways you can be involved. And um, this is a part of what we're called to do. It's part of what, Uh, we're called to do as Christians, as Jesus followers, and it's something that um, should be our honor to be a part of, should be uh, our honor to get to play a role in. Um, so thankful for both of you, Andrew, Ryan, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share the Love Justice story and your story. And i um, so excited about hearing all God is going to do, continue doing through you guys. Um, we just uh, so thankful for everything that you do. Thanks for being on today.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, much. Thanks for having us here. Yeah.